You are listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. We exist to inspire people to live and love like Jesus. For more information, please visit our website at vintagechurch.net. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. Romans chapter 12, beginning with verse 1. It says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so it is with the body of Christ, though many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy. If it in accordance with your faith, if it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. God, today, once again, we have the opportunity to gather under one roof as the family of God. And God, as we close out this year, we are grateful to be able to do it in this place, worshiping you and once again allowing you into our hearts and minds. And God, I pray that we would just be ready to receive whatever it is you want to teach us today. And God, I pray that whatever you want your people to know, whatever we need to hear, whatever truth from your word needs to be sown into our hearts this day, that you would sow it, God, that you would anoint every word that flows from this platform. And may it be straight from your heart. May it be none of me, but all of you. And God, may your people receive it and be open to it and allow it to sink deep into their spirits in such a way that we are transformed today, not because of anything any man has done, but because of the power and truth of your word. God, it has the power to mold us into the likeness of your son. And God, I pray that today that every person that has gathered in this room, walks out of this room looking a little bit more, ready to live a little bit more like who you've called them to be. And we'll give you all the honor and all the glory for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Would you just worship him right now? Just give him a celebration, throw a hand clap, maybe a shout. Let him know that you love him this morning, amen. Hey, turn around and greet somebody. Tell somebody you love them. Give somebody a handshake, a high five, something, and then you can be seated. Let them know that you are Glad to be in the house of God, worshiping with them this morning as a part of the family. Amen. 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 Well, good morning, church. Good morning, church. Hey, I know it's cold in here. Feel free to snuggle your neighbor if you know them. If you don't, that's going to be weird. Uh, But we are so glad that you are here today. Thank you for choosing to close out the year with us and worshiping with us today. Um, I love I love this time of year. Like there's something because there's something special about heading into like 
something new. Um, but I'm also a person like, y'all going to freak out, I love Mondays. Some of you are like, no, man, Mondays suck. What are you talking about? They're awful. Uh, I, I love Mondays because this is the way I look at it. Like Monday is, is starting into a new week. And so you, you get, you get a, a clean slate, a fresh start. And so I see Monday as, all right, this is a new seven days, a new period, a new chance for me to, to accomplish something. And so I look at Mondays as like the kickstarter of the week. And my Mondays, they set the tone for the rest of the week. So like I, I, I attack Mondays. I go after them with full force because if my Monday isn't good, the rest of my week isn't going to be good. Anybody feeling me? Or some of y'all are like, I haven't never, I've never looked at it like that before. And I'm still not going to look at it like that. I hate Monday. Um, but that's just kind of the way I look at it. Like I love, I, I, it's just a new chance, right? You take, it, take the week by the, by the reins and, and, and make something happen and, and set the tone for, for the week. And I kind of see New Year's as that same kind of situation. Um, you know, if our lives are a story, maybe each year is a new chapter. And tomorrow, as we step into another year of our lives, it's a new beginning. It's a new chance. It's a, it's, it's, it seems like ripe with possibilities and things to accomplish. And so I, I hope that my goal today is to get you just jacked up and inspired to, to head into 2018 with purpose and with intention and with force. Come on, somebody, that you're ready to just attack it. Because I just believe, like, because of who we are in Christ, the best is always in front of us. The best is always in front of us. That's just who God is and what he does in our lives. But here we are, December 31st. And it's amazing what 365 days can do. Isn't it? I mean, it's, it's crazy. Because there's for, for a lot of people in the room, December 31st looks very different than January 31st. Or excuse me, January 1st. Like, your life, what it looked like 365 days ago on January 1, 2017, and what it looks like on December 31, 2017, for like probably most of us, our lives are really, really different. Anybody with me say amen? Like, it's very, very, and it's crazy to think, and, and, and I'll never forget, man, I had somebody tell me, uh, this, this old guy at my church growing up, when I graduated from high school, he said, get ready, son, because now every year will go faster than the one before it. And old boy was right. It just seems like years go by in a hurry. But I also know, like, there are people sitting here today, and, like, there's, there's as you reflect on this year, there's kind of a mixed bag of emotions. Because some people are in here and you're like, like, how can so much happen in 365 days? And some people are like, how can so much happen in 365 days? I mean, I think about even my own life. Like, if you would have, as I stand here on December the 31st, if you would have told me on January 1st that on December 31st we would just be weeks away from worshiping in a building that we've been praying for for seven years. I'm glad you're celebrating that, but if you had told me that on January 1, I said, you're smoking crack. There's no way that's happening. Like, I mean, it was, on, on, on January 1st, like, we were even gearing up towards trying to figure out how we were going to build a building and do all these kinds of things. And it's just amazing that just 365 days later, we're standing here, and we are. We're just weeks, weeks away from worshiping in a building that we've spent years praying for. And it's just, um, it blows my mind that, that, that I can say that. 
today. But I also think uh, today at 3 o'clock, I'm going to celebrate the life of a man who lost his life last Saturday at the age of 53. And if you would have told me on January 1st, then on December 31st, I would be preaching at a funeral service for a man who was way too young, but who deeply shaped my life and helped found this church. I don't know that I would have believed you. And today I think about his wife, Jennifer, who on January 1st, even though he was battling cancer, even at that time, I don't think she could have ever wrapped her mind around that 2018 would be the first year of many years that she would have to deal with life without her husband of 30 plus years. So like, I, I know like there's a lot of the range of emotions probably in you today as you sit in this room on the last day of this year. And you know what I've probably figured out? Like all of us have things that have been awesome in 2017 and things that have been awful. Like there's some people you're sitting, like, like you, 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 you've kind of, because that's life, isn't it? Like no years, very, from, maybe I'm overreaching, or very few years are, are completely bad and completely good. There is a range of emotions as we just do this thing called life. And, and like I think about, like even this morning, I'm, I'm watching, I'm looking out there and I'm, I'm watching uh, Becky Summers hold her little baby girl. And y'all don't, if y'all remember that we showed their testimony video several weeks ago. And I'm thinking like on January 1, if I could have looked at, at Stephen and Becky and said, on December 31, you'll be holding your little girl in the lobby of our church. But I also know there are people in the room that maybe went into January 1 pregnant and that pregnancy didn't last and they've miscarried and they've struggled with coming to terms with the fact that it's December 31 and they thought this would be their first Christmas with their, with their child and, and it's, it's not the case. And so here I am, have, I have the task to get you excited to head into a new year. Anybody else want to preach today? Cause I'll, I'll let you. Like how, I mean, because we're, the truth is you're probably, we're all on that spectrum. And we're, we're all had things that, that we regret from this year and things that we're wrestling with and things that have scarred us. And we all have things that we're celebrating and things that have been good. And so how do we, I've just been praying, like, how do we transition into this new year? Because I think it is a good time to get off on, on the right foot and to, and to, and to head into a new, new year with, with just determination and purpose. And so kind of the natural thing is to start talking about resolutions. The thing about resolutions, the only thing that we're, they're good for is breaking. I mean, because we've all done it, right? We've all, we've all set the resolution. You know, we've planned out these resolutions that we were going to do, some things we were going to achieve. We're going to do this. We're going to be that. And we're going to accomplish this. And this is going to be different. And it lasts about February 1st. I mean, you just, you just see it like, you, like at my gym. The next three weeks, it's going to be crowded as it can be for three weeks. And some people, like, I know there's a lot of people who are like, I, I don't do New Year's resolutions. And I get it. I think most of us who kind of have that attitude, it's because we're terrible at keeping them. And so we're just like, we don't want to disappoint ourselves for another year. But I'm also, I, I, I'm a person that's very goal-oriented. I believe in goals. Because I believe if you, if you aim at nothing, you usually hit it. Think about that from somebody like, what did he say? If you aim at nothing, you usually hit it. And so, like, we need, I, I believe in setting goals. 
And, and, and I believe that's a biblical thing because I think God is a God of more. I think and, and as long as we have breath in our lungs and we have life and days ahead of us, there's more that he has for us. Amen, somebody? Like there's more that he wants to do in and through our lives. And, and if, if you're a believer, if nothing else, you should have a resolution. You, should, you, you want to be closer to God this year, right? Isn't that all of our desire in some way? I mean, if you, and maybe you're here and, and you've arrived and like you're as spiritually mature as you need to be. Bless your little heart. The rest of us are not there yet. And so there's things that we need to do to grow. And you know what? I mean, that's why I love this passage of Scripture. And, and God put it on my heart for this year. It, Romans chapter 12. And this verse, this was like the theme verse of the youth group that I grew up in. And it was one of the first times I was challenged to memorize Scripture. Therefore, I urge you, dear brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Like, just think about that. That one sentence, like, all for your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. Like, get to the point in your life where all of you belongs to, to him. And he is the driving force in all of your life. But, again, the, the, the thing about resolutions is we hesitate to set them. And maybe me telling you, asking you to set goals this year, you say, Matt, you just come up with a new fancy word for resolution. But I've discovered something. Like, I, I've, I think I, I've cracked the code. I think I, I've, I've, I've figured out, at least for my, my own life, why so often resolutions don't become realities. Why so often we come up with resolutions, but we never see results. And I think the reason why so often we end up setting resolutions that never become reality is because we don't have the courage or the willingness or the wisdom to set a routine that will make the resolution a reality. This is a, the right resolution without the right routine will never produce the right results. Come on. And so what we do is we, we set the resolution, but we never do the work to set the routine that's going to make the resolution a reality. And you can have all the greatest intentions. You can have the greatest intentions to do all the right things. But intentions don't achieve resolutions. The right direction toward that resolution will. Come on, you with me? Am I making sense? Because see, so often, like, we, we just set this resolution. I am going to be a better husband. Great. How are you going to do that? Or we uh, just go into the typical ones. I'm going to lose 60 pounds this year. It's just going to fall right off. I ain't going to change my diet. I ain't going to exercise. But in my heart, I want to lose 60 pounds, Jesus. So if you could just, Did that ever work for anybody? And see, that's the reality is, you know, this is something we need to learn about life. Your, your intentions won't change anything. Your resolutions won't change anything. But if you're willing to be, be willing to embrace the right routine, just maybe you could see the results you've been hoping for in whatever area of your life it is. I don't care if it's spiritually, if it's physically, if it's relationally. 
Like you can have all the greatest intentions to, to, to be healthier physically. You can have all the greatest intentions to grow spiritually. You can have all the greatest intentions to be a better husband, father, mom, whatever. Like you can have all the greatest intentions. But maybe, maybe you don't need another resolution. Maybe you need a new routine. Maybe you don't need another resolution. Maybe what you need is a new routine. Because the right resolution without the right routine is never going to produce the right results. And so often we set these intentions and we have these resolutions and we set these goals, but we never do the work to figure out, all right, what's going to be the routine that's going to allow me to get to the place to achieve that? And the problem is you're already living in a routine and the routine you're currently living in is what's keeping you from your resolution. You might, here's the reality. Some people say, I'm not a routine person. I like to go with the flow. I like to just wake up and let life take me wherever it's going to be. Shut up. (laughs) First of all, can I let you know something? That's a routine. No routine is a routine, and it's the worst kind of routine. Like you're still doing something. You're still going through the motions. Do you notice what Paul says? After he challenges us with what I think would be a great spiritual resolution. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And then you're going to be able to know God's will. Anybody want to know God's will? The number one question I get, how do I know God's will, Pastor Matt? Paul just said, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Like surrender yourself completely to him and his will will begin to unfold in your life. But look what he says in verse 2. He says, do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You know what he says? Do not conform to the what? Say it again, church. Do not conform to the what? The pattern. I think you could just pretty much say the, the routine. He says there's a pattern that the world is going to try to draw you into. Like there's a pattern, there's a routine, that the, that and, and, so, and it's like a current, isn't it? That it just wants to suck you into. There's a, there's a routine, there's a pattern, there's a way of living that the world is going to try to draw you into. To try to, and, and if you let yourself get drawn into that pattern, into that routine, the results are never going to be of God. They're always going to be of something else. And he says, here's what you're going to need to do. If you're going to offer your body as a living sacrifice, if you're going to grow in your relationship with Christ, you're going to have to change the pattern. To fix the problem, you're going to have to change the pattern. To reach the resolution, you're going to have to adopt a new routine. You with me, church? Say amen. So I want to challenge you. Like I, I, I believe that if you should be setting goals for your life, there should be goals that you have for your family, for your children, for your spouse, for your church, for like, like God is, man, aim at it. But don't set a resolution this year. This is what I want to challenge you to do. Let the routine be the resolution. Let the routine be the resolution. What if you decided through a lot of prayer and time alone with God and seeking him, what, what, it has to begin there. What, does God, what is God calling you to do? What does he want for you in 2018? Where is he pushing you to change, to grow, to get better, to be healthier, so that you can live out his purposes for your life?
whatever those things are, you're going to have to work backwards and figure out, all right, what's the routine that I need to commit to in order to achieve that result? If I'm not making sense, let me break it down kind of simple as I knew how. It's awesome to have a goal to be physically healthy. I believe God gave you that one body, and what God only gives you one of, you should steward well. Amen, somebody. We don't talk about that enough in the church, I don't believe, about how important trying to take care of ourselves physically it should be. Anybody agree? Amen? But what if instead of your resolution was to lose 50 pounds, you started doing the work of, all right, what's it going to take for that to happen? And made the routine that will produce that result your resolution. So you know what it means? I'm going to have to eat at least healthy 80% of the time. That's my routine. I'm going to have to go to the gym four days a week. I'm going to commit to that routine. Are you following me? Am I making sense? So you can set the resolution. You can set the goal. And you can, and you can have all well intentions. I'm going to do it. This is going to be the year. I know I've made this resolution for the last 17 years. But this is the one. It's going to happen. Or you can say, you know what? I don't need another resolution. What I need is the right routine. And it's my routine that's keeping me unhealthy. And I can set the resolution or I can change the routine. And you can say, you know what? I want to be a better husband. Can I ask you a question? Do you even know what that looks like? See, sometimes you're setting goals, you don't even know what they mean. And you notice what he says? He said, don't, don't follow the pattern, right? Here's the thing. Some of, to, to fix the problem, you've got to change the pattern. And some of us are living out the same pattern that we've watched demonstrated in front of us for generation after generation after generation. Like, the reason why our routine, our pattern is so messed up is because we're thought, well, my mom did it, my dad did it, my grandma did it, her grandma did it. Like, generationally, there's been patterns that have been set, and you're working uphill against the grain to break a pattern. Like, I see it all the time. We watch, we've all seen it, right? You've watched the son make the same mistakes as the mom who made the same mistakes as the granddad. Like, we've seen that pattern. Come on. And God's looking at you saying, you should be the one to break the pattern. Just because your mom did it, just because your grandparents, just because your mom was terrible with money, don't mean you got to be terrible with money. Just because your dad burned through relationship after relationship doesn't mean you can't be good at relationships. Just because, they didn't, just because you didn't grow up in the church doesn't mean you can't find Jesus and have a family at his place. But you can break the pattern. But you got to do the work to figure out what that is and have the courage to set it in place. I know we've all dealt with the disappointments. And see, some of us are fighting this very, very moment to not, because we, we get our hopes up and we think we're going we're gonna to hit it and this is going to be the year and it's going to be things that's changed. But what I want to challenge you to do is really think about, all right, what does God want for me in the year ahead? Maybe not just the year ahead, for the next several years of my life. Things that could drastically change who I am and make me who God created me to be. And let me just say, this isn't just about getting better. This, can I just say, this isn't about you looking good. This isn't about you putting yourself in a position to be more financially wealthy. Like, the, again, you're getting back to the result. You're chasing the result. It's not about the result. It's about the routine that will get us there. And the problem is if you make it about the result, when you don't see the result, you'll abandon the routine. 
So what's your routine need to be? I want your wheels to be turning about that even now. That thing that God's calling you to do, yeah, you can write it down, but you're going to have to under it. All right, what's the path? What's the direction? Because all the good intentions in the world aren't going to get you there. I read a great book several years ago. It's called The Principle of the Path. Write it down. It's by Andy Stanley, The Principle of the Path. And it basically says that, you know, direction, not intention, matter. That, you know, when, when you leave, good, good way to put it, when you leave this place today, if you have all the intentions to go to Greensboro, but you get on 220 South, you ain't going to be in Greensboro. <laughs> but some of us live that way. Like, I, I want to be spiritually strong, but you're not in the Word every day. And, excuse me, but like, you don't halfway show up at church. And you don't embrace all the things that God has put in your life to keep you spiritually healthy and growing. We say, you know what? I want to be this and I want to be that, but you're going to have to embrace the routine. Now, you can set all the well-intentioned resolutions once again this year like you've done every other year. But if you don't do the work to figure out the routine that's going to produce that resolution, guess what? They'll just be ink on paper or a figment of your imagination once again. Paul talked about this whole concept, I think, in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 8 as well. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, start with verse 24. It says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do not get it, they do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Verse 26 Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that I may have so that I have preached to others. After I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Do you see that kind of whole concept of, of setting the right rhythm, setting the right routine? He said all the runners run to get a prize. They don't run for no reason. They run with purpose. And some of us are just kind of running around life, not, not even with the finish line in mind. You're just running around in circles. That's fun when you're in third grade. It ain't fun when you grow up and you got really things that you got to accomplish and God wants to do with your life. Come on. You notice what he says? He says, I don't run aimlessly. I just don't run around like a chicken with my head cut off. Like I'm running towards something and for something. And you notice what he says? He says, they go into strict training. Like if you want your life to have meaning, if you want your life to have purpose, if you want your life to accomplish something, it's not going to just happen. So many of us are missing out on the destiny that God has for us because we haven't figured out the right direction to get there. And if you want 2018 to be different, and I believe it can be, you don't need another resolution. You need a new routine. And so I'm going to challenge you. There's some things you need to know. Some things that God has taught me as I've been trying to live this out and pray through it, especially over the last couple years. And there's four things that, I want, that you need to know if you're going to try this. Number one is this. Nothing significant comes without sacrifice. You hear me, church? 
Nothing significant comes without sacrifice. Because see, some of y'all have been thinking, you know what? Like, even to stay committed to the routine that you're going to need to run in order to, res- to achieve the result, you know what? There's some things that you're going to have to go. You're going to have to make sacrifices to stay committed to that routine. Resolu- setting a resolution is easy. Committing to a routine is very, very difficult. Like if, you, if, if it's a physical thing and you're wanting to, 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 to get healthier and you make that routine as part of going to the gym, you know, you're going to get up some mornings and you know what? You're not going to feel like going to the gym. It's going to be better to get up, eat a Pop-Tart, and go back to sleep. There's going to be days when you know what? You're trying to grow in your relationship with God, but you have meeting after meeting after meeting, and you don't have time to read the Word. There's going to be moments when you come home and you're dead, tired, but you decided that you want to be a better father, and taking time to have a real, authentic conversation with your son is going to require a sacrifice. But nothing significant comes without sacrifice. Just ask Jesus. The significance of your salvation was purchased through his sacrifice. Nothing significant comes without sacrifice. And sticking to that routine that's going to produce that resolution, that result that you want to, it means you're going to have to cut some things out. You're going to have to set some priorities. There's some things that are going to have to go and things that are going to have to be different. Nothing significant comes without sacrifice. The second thing is this. Consistency is the key to change. Consistency is the key to change. See, it's easy to do things for a, for a little while, but doing things consistently is what's going to be important. It's like, you know, I've had those years where I was committed, I was going to get healthier, and so I would eat really well for breakfast, I would re- eat really well for lunch, but at 5 o'clock I was hungry, and it was Baconator time. Y'all ever done that? Like, you did good all day, and you just kill it with one meal. Like, I had nothing but kale and rice cakes, and I'm starving. So I'm eating something that's full of saturated fat and carbs. Come on. Somebody said amen and glory. Baconator with a large fry and a Diet Coke. Why would we do that stupid Diet Coke? Baconator. <laughs> or you know what? It's going to be those times, you know what? Yeah, I, I, I was in the Word Monday and Tuesday, but then I got busy for three days, and I wasn't in it till Saturday, and, but, so I don't really feel. And you wonder why you're not growing. You wonder why nothing's changing. You know, it's easy to do things for a couple days and then let us, and see, the one reason why we, we say, oh, I came to church once a month for a year and nothing changed. Well, duh. Like that's, consistency is the key to change. Consistency. Like you got to get to a place where it's not optional anymore, right? Third thing, long-term discipline leads to lasting change, difference. Long-term discipline leads to lasting difference. Long-term discipline leads to lasting difference. Because see, here's what's going to be the problem. You're going to work the routine, and you may not see the result for six months or ten months or a year. And so you need to know that long-term d- discipline leads to lasting difference. Because see, that's what happens. Well, well, I worked out for a month consistently, Matt, for a month. You said consistency was the key to change. I was consistent for a month. Nothing. 
Or you know what? I read the Bible for like a week straight every single day for like an hour. Even like Leviticus and stuff that didn't make sense. And like nothing changed. You know that long term. And I mean long term. I mean long term. Like the routine that you may commit to. Remember, it's not about the result, right? It's about the routine. You stick to the routine, the result will eventually come. Long-term discipline leads to lasting difference. And the final thing is this. Discipline is the byproduct of desire. You know what will determine whether or not you stick to the routine that you're setting to produce the resolution that you desire? You know what it'll be? It's profound. Whether or not you really want it. This is what I found out a long time ago. Man, I... People can equip you with all the information and all the knowledge and all the tools and all the things necessary to change your life. But if you don't want it, it will never, ever happen. It's just like our faith. Like you can, you can, I can tell you how to read the Bible. We can talk about reading plans. We can talk about coming to church. We can talk about worshiping. We can talk about doing all these things. But until Jesus becomes your heart's absolute desire, nothing in your life will ever be different. You can go through the motions of the routine to try to make something, but if you don't want it, if you don't, I, I'm telling you what, man, I meet so many people in my life that they could do so many powerful, amazing things for God. They are so equipped, so talented. There's so much in them for God. The one thing they lack is the one thing I can't give them, desire. Until you want desire is, the, is, is what's going to produce that discipline in your life. So if you're going to set a routine, you need to know those things. But the resolution is in the routine. You don't need another resolution. You need a new routine. So that thing that you desire for your life, for your marriage, for your home, for your company, for your health, for whatever, like that's awesome. I'm glad the intention is there to set that resolution. But the direction and whether or not you make it will be determined by whether or not you're willing to embrace the routine. Just bow your heads, close your eyes with me. Can we have just some honest time together this morning? You say, Matt, you know what? I need to embrace a new routine. Like I'm tired of knowing what God's calling me to and knowing who he's calling me to be and knowing all the things that he desires and I desire for my life and never seeing them become realized. Will you have the courage to at some point sit down and start working on the routine and make the routine the resolution. If you're here today and you say, you know what, Matt, that's me. Like, I'm, I, I need to do that. I want to do that. And would you pray for me? Pray that I'd have the desire and the courage to stick with it, to follow it, to engage it, to embrace it. Will you just throw your hand up and leave it up so I can pray for you? Amen. Awesome. All over the room. Awesome. Awesome. You can put them down. I'm going to invite you to stand with me. I'm going to pray. And we're going to worship. And as we do, this is what I'm going to pray, that as we're worshiping, God, that just minister to your heart, speak to your heart, give you the courage and the power and the challenge to keep developing in your heart and mind what he's calling you to do to move toward all that he's called you to be. Father, thank you that today is going to be a turning point in the lives of so many people in this room. That, God, you have called us to break away 
from the things that are keeping us from achieving all that you have for our lives. And God, I pray that today you would help people to see and understand the routine, the pattern, the steps, the things that are going to allow us to get to the results that we so desperately desire. And God, I pray that as that routine gets difficult and it gets challenging, and there's days that making a commitment to that portion of what it's going to take to get us where we're called to be and the energy's not there and the desire's beginning to wane, that you would just step in and through the power of your spirit challenge us to stay committed, to follow through, to make the sacrifices, to pursue you and to chase you. And God, of all the things that we could strive toward in the year ahead, nothing will change us more than pursuing you on a deeper level knowing you in a more intimate way, that God, those of us who claim to know you and want to follow you, that our goal should be every day to be closer to you, live a little bit more like you every single day in the power of your Holy Spirit, God. And God, I pray that this would be a year above all else that we pursue you like never before. And that we pursue you in all the ways and all the avenues you've given us to come to know you and experience your presence, God. God, thank you for the way you've pursued us. And God, I pray that you'd help us to have the courage to pursue you the way that you've pursued us. And God, I know that there are people in this room that this year's been difficult. It's been challenging. It's been physically, emotionally, and spiritually draining. But in the end, God, we still declare that you are good. And you have been good to us, and you've walked with us through this year, and your presence has been there, and there's never been a moment then you haven't, uh, that you've abandoned us, that in the power of your love, you've walked with us through every mountain and in every valley. And God, we know that you'll do the same in the years ahead. God, we love you and we worship you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. For more information, please visit our website at vintagechurch.net.